0: We're learning to say no to jobs that we're not totally excited about. Because in the past, we've said yes to jobs we weren't excited about because there was a price tag attached to it. But then as we were getting into the creative writing and the photos, they kind of fell flat
1: because we weren't passionate. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Off Beat Life where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our 9 to 5. On this week's episode, I'm really excited to speak with Emily and Bertie Mandigy who are the travel blogger and photographer duo behind The Mandigys, a travel blog dedicated to the outdoors. Listen on to find out how the Mandaese created a successful adventure vlog. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us. I am here with Emily and Bertie. Hey guys, how are you? Hi, we're Hi. good, Debbie. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to speak with both of you because I met you a few months ago and you have such an interesting story. So can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Awesome. Well, my name is Emily,
2: and I'm Bertie.
1: and
0: we're the Mandahies, and we live an offbeat life because I guess
1: it's just more fun that way.
2: <laughs> yeah, and we we want to do what we love to do for a living, and that's what we pursue.
1: That is amazing. And what type of offbeat life is it that you have? Because I know you have a blog and you have this amazing following. How did you start doing this?
2: Um well, I started as a photographer first, and then um I've been full time for three and a half years and and towards like my second year, Emily wanted like i wanna have the schedule that you do um uh, I kind of wanna just start something, so she started the blog and then she picked it up from there. How did you start that?
0: uh, yeah, no, I mean, you basically told it. Bertie started out as a freelance photographer and I was just working my uh, regular job at the time. And I saw that he got to, you know, do, go on these like really cool adventures in the middle of the week during, you know, noon on a Tuesday. And I was so frustrated that I had to sit at a desk (laughs) and I was just watching him like parade around you know, Seattle and the Pacific Northwest, and just take these beautiful photos, and I wanted to join in on him, so it took a while, but we slowly you know dwindled my hours at my job, and it wasn't like a you know full cannonball into the pool of freelance life, but it was more like dipping your toes in one at a time, at least for me, it was so I think that was a really good transition for me and Yeah, it's we've been like that ever since.
1: It's really great that you were able to dwindle down your hours, Emily, because a lot of people think that in order to leave their job, they just have to quit full time and just do this, you know, really fast and really just leave everything behind. But I think that's a really smart idea that you had because then it's not as nerve wracking and then you really got to see whether this was the right decision for the both of you as well.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I don't know if that would be for everyone, but I'm a very, very calculated kind of person. I want to know the uh, risks that I'm taking before I just jump in headfirst. So I was really thankful to have an employer who let me just lessen my hours little by little. So yeah, it's not for everybody, but honestly, it was really great for me or risk management, I guess, because as you know, in this in this uh, line of work, it's not always um, what's the word stable. So it's nice to kind of ease in as we go.
1: Yeah. Now let's fast forward to when you finally left your job, and your and you and Birdie were doing this full time now, and you're looking around and everything that you've dreamed of is here. <laughs> you don't have your day job anymore. Yeah. Did you have that what now moment? Like, what am I doing now? How do I make this work?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was always like something that we, um, you know, like what, once we decided that, like, what do we do now? Because Emily has the blog and then I still have my photography business. So we kind we of kept talking about like, how do we, create a blog that is like unique than everyone else's. And um, that's a constant, that was a constant struggle when we started. And how do we make the blog, you know, ours and what kind of clients do we want? So stuff like that is definitely like something that we talk about on our morning walks. But I think we've found that like the past year and a half or so, it's been like pretty clear of like what we want to do, what kind of blog we want to run. But it's still, I mean, we, as a blog, we want to keep growing, so we still ask that question too, like, okay, we're at this point now, like what what should we do now?
0: Yeah, I think just to add to that too, that what now question is really important to ask because as a travel blogger specifically, I think there's a lot of us and there's a lot of really great blogs out there, but I think that if you're trying to talk to everybody, you kind of get lost in the shuffle. So I think what um, we're trying to do is figure out or this has been a constant thought of trying to figure out who we're speaking to and then speak to them really, really well and focus mm-hmm. on like our little community. So I guess we're always asking that question, but um, we're, keep on, we're keeping on doing yeah, what we're doing. Because
2: <laughs> we think that's like the only way to grow. It's to always ask that yeah, question. That's true. Yeah, true. Yeah. Once
0: you stop asking that question. You know, you're (laughs) done. We
2: never want to be complacent in where we are. And I mean, we're happy to be where we are, but at the same time, it's still like, all right, what can we do? You know, what can we do next Mm -hmm. kind of thing?
1: It's so crucial, like you said, to ask that question, because sometimes we feel like we're making a little bit of money and we could slack off or we didn't realize how hard it is, especially in the blogging industry, how much work you actually have to do. How do you guys find your inspiration to continue to do what you do and to find the right content for what you do that your audience will actually want to read and see from you?
0: That's a good question. I think I think as a couple, we are very lucky to be able to split jobs in order mm-hmm. to work really efficiently. For example, Bertie is the only one that edits our photos and I'm the only one that writes on our blog. So, as a duo, we don't have to do both of those tasks. We can kind of, you know, cut our productivity in half the time because we're splitting tasks. But I guess when it comes to what mediums we have figured out that our readers like, mm-hmm. it's really just beautiful pictures paired with words. I mean, that's <laughs> been a really good yeah. like combo for us. So I think we're just going to continue yeah. to do that.
2: Yeah. And what inspired me is storytelling. A lot of my friends are really great photographers, and I look up to them. And I want to tell the best story with my images and Emily tells her best story with her words so like we we want to create this really quality products and that we can show to people and kind of give them guidance to wherever they want to go so that's what we kind of like really focus on is trying to get the best images and the best type of writing and guidance to people hmm
1: now, I know, Bertie, you were a photographer and you have a background in photography and you did this for a really long time. But, Emily, were you also a writer or was this something that you had to learn how to do? <laughs>
0: no, I was not a writer. <laughs> Actually, that was like my most hated topic in college. I just remember. <laughs> well, I think it's because. I discovered that in order to, you know, get a passing essay, you had to write in this really stale structured format. And that was it. So I really felt like the creative boundaries were like really tight in college. So I just wrote (laughs) to get a passing grade. But once I discovered writing outside of college and kind of pairing it with our own stories and the things that I wanted to say, I think that really opened up a new creative door for me to be able to like express myself in a way that there was like no college parameters. It was literally whatever I wanted
1: it to be. So I was happy I discovered that. Yeah. And there's so much more freedom because it's a content that you feel passionate about. But I do have to say, I hear this a lot from writers and bloggers. You do have to write certain things that you may not enjoy because you have to take income in. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that? Because for me personally, that's really hard. And you... It's easier for you to actually write things that you're passionate about, but when it comes to things that it's more maybe informative based and not more of a story wise, how do you balance that and actually have a passion for it even when it's something that you're not necessarily excited about? Well, that's a good question. I think
0: we're good about we're learning to say no to jobs that we're not totally excited about because in the past, We've said yes to jobs we weren't excited about because there was a price tag attached to it. But then, as we were getting into the creative writing and the photos, they kind of fell flat because we weren't passionate.
2: Yeah, and it's definitely a luxury to be able to be in this point too. Like because yeah. like the, saying no, it feels nice. But when we first started, we pretty much said yes. I I said yes to a lot of the things that I know that you know, like does not go well with my brand or what I'm trying to accomplish. And um, sometime about a year and a half ago, I was camping with my friend. And then I asked him, he's like a a bigger photographer in like the social media world. So I asked him, like, how do you get all these jobs that you, you know, that you are stoked about that you like? So he started telling me that like post about, you know, the stuff that you are excited about that you want to shoot on your Instagram. You know, like, so if you want to shoot for a car company, or a clothing company, or this watch company, or whatever, post about those kinds of things. And then that's what I did. And then slowly, we were able to build a consistent amount of client that keep coming back to us that are in that realm of
0: what we like to shoot, what we like to
2: shoot. So yeah.
1: I don't know if that answered the question. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely did. No, that's really important to learn and understand, especially if you want to get into this business, is that it may be really hard to turn down jobs in the beginning because you need the money. I mean, we all do. I think we've all done a job that we weren't necessarily excited about, but we have to pay our bills. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want, to do things that you're really passionate about, you have to learn how to get them. And posting and writing about what you're excited about will get them to come to you uh,
2: mm-hmm. later yeah.
1: on, for sure. Totally. <laughs> And now when you are working with these companies, it's great when you get one that you're really excited about. How do you guys continue to create these relationships and also to find the right partnerships? I know you talked about posting about them, but what about pitching or, you know, being in in that type of relationship? What have you guys done to have this continual relationships with the people that you have worked with or someone new? Yeah. One of the things that we
0: like to do with clients is keep the door open after the campaign is over. So whenever we're finished with the job, you know, we always come back with some thank yous or like, A little wrap up email and kind of leave the door open and say, hey, if you ever want to work with us again, you know, we're happy to continue the relationship. And another way that we like to find clients is through trade shows, actually. So we just we had the opportunity to go to Outdoor Retailer this June, and it was really fun to walk around, you know, go to our favorite booths, our favorite products, and just introduce ourselves to the people that were working there. So that was really fun for us to, you know, get some faces and names together of people we have been talking to, meet some new faces, and establish those relationships. Because once somebody, once you meet in person, it feels a little bit Mm -hmm. differently than just over email. So if at all possible, we like to try and meet people face
1: to face. Yeah. That's so important is that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Now, when you are, on your own now because you have this business together. I know you have each other, but sometimes you feel a little bit lonely and you don't have coworkers anymore and you're just in a cocoon with the two of you most <laughs> of the time. Because I know it seems like you guys travel a lot, but is there also a lot of times where you're at home and you're just working at home? And you don't see anyone for like days.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're currently doing that. (laughs) Right home. (laughs) Um, So we just got back from our trip in the Tetons in Oregon and, uh, we've been home for two weeks and yeah, I mean, when we're home, we find time to like, to be with each other and trying to be with our friends at the same time, because like you said, it feels kind of lonely and, uh, just because you're just working right like um but we you know we want to make sure we get the deliverables on time products out there to our clients so we definitely have that when we're just at home and
0: actually a lot working. of the time i think we wouldn't be able to write our blog posts on the road like yeah I mean, we do but it's
2: pretty distracting doing it on work, the road yeah yeah
0: most of our work is at home <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's also really hard when you're a travel blogger and, you know, it's hard to be able to do work when you're constantly doing another job because writing Mm -hmm. and photographing are two totally different things and you can't write and photograph at the same time and you're doing all of these things. So it's a huge a huge thing to be able to do and to have that time to actually sit down and concentrate on this other type of work. So you guys are definitely split in different levels in your business.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So I know that Emily, you left your job and Bertie, you were already photographing. Did you guys have to save any amount of money before you set off to do this full time together?
2: when we started together, I was doing full-time photography. So I was,
1: I was full-time
0: like corporate job, I guess.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, you made more money than I did, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't exactly remember how much we had saved up. But from what, when I became full-time, I had nothing saved up because I, it was, I had just, finished my internship at this church and then we had just gotten married and then I had no jobs lined up and I'm like the opposite of Emily. I'm not very calculated. So I just, I'm one of those person that like that just jumped right in without knowing (laughs) what I'm getting myself into. Hoping
1: for the best. Yeah. Hoping
2: (laughs) for the best. And so that's what I did. I became full time and then I had no jobs lined up. I pitched companies and I don't know, like five, Different companies a day for like three months. And then I just went at it and then trying to build that relationship with people through LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, anything that I could use. So that's what I did. I don't remember how much money we had before. Uh, <laughs> we did we, really well
0: so. when you started your full time, we just got married. So we had no money. Yeah, we had
2: zero dollars. <laughs> <But>, um,
0: <laughs> thankfully, I feel like I'm a pretty good saver. So I think this was a calculated risk, even though, Bertie, you may not think so. I think it was good that I did start out, you know, in my corporate job and then I mm-hmm. let you kind of establish your foundation. Yeah. And then once your foundation was established, I felt like I could slowly join Join you after that so i don't think it was necessarily about any money saved up but just kind of uh yeah calculating risk and feeling you know stable ground like you know when you're walking on a river you like check the rock before you know you step on it yeah because if it's wobbly you don't want to go there (laughs) we
2: had like the necessities covered to like okay how much do we need per month to pay for rent food for the utilities for the for insurance, you know, like all those things. So we had those calculated for sure.
0: Actually, that's true. We did write Um, a budget and we said we must have this much money in our bank account every month to pay our bills. So it wasn't necessarily like a nest egg, but it was like.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess in that sense, we were pretty calculated. But in my head, I was like, I'm just going to go for it.
1: Well, thank God you had Emily to be like, Yes, that's great. (laughs) You have to balance each other out, right? Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Because you you need to make the money last, especially in this industry when sometimes you make a ton one month and then none in another month. So you really have to make Mm -hmm. it last. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Yeah, we've
0: been very good about, you know, not spending it and kind of deciding okay once we get a paycheck it's like all right where is this going to be split you know this much goes into taxes this much goes into our mortgage next month you know stuff like that so we're pretty good about holding on to money and making sure it will last us for you know six months to a year to hopefully pay stuff if nothing comes in
2: yeah
1: so let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're both looking back at your life what legacy would you mm-hmm. like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for that's
2: a good, that's question. A good question personally I am not speaking of like about Emily in this like my personal goals as photographers I really value images and um, the way I want to tell stories I want to be telling stories that are that people would look back and would just like know exactly what I'm trying to capture or looking at a photo that is you know ageless so like I want them to see I don't know like create something that is unique that's different than any other photographers I mean 50 years that's a long time so (laughs) (laughs) and yeah and we always want to play the long game too so like Yeah, that's that's a good question. I think for me personally it's just photographs that I can be proud of.
0: I think the the beauty of the internet too is that when you're writing a blog, I mean unless something happens that we don't know of yet, like it will be there forever. So Mm -hmm. I would love I guess my legacy to just be like being a resource for people. I would love for my blog to continue to be found and people to, you know, gain some insights or information about a location and just be able to enjoy it in their own way. So that's what I really love about doing this now is people will email us and say, "Hey, I, you know, read this blog post about this road trip that you published, you know, I did this with my family and it was so fun." I love those kind of emails. So as long as people keep finding our resources, keep having a good time with their people,
1: I think that's mm-hmm. a win for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there any question that you wished people asked you more of? Oh, I don't know. I don't,
2: I don't know. know. I <laughs> I'm I'm always the one that ask. I love asking people's like people questions and stuff <laughs> and hear their answer. I
0: never. <laughs> I wish, okay. <laughs> I wish people would ask to come stay with us more in, in Spokane. Yeah, because we just moved cities, so all our friends are you know farther away than we would like. So I wish people would come and stay with us.
2: Yeah, we love hosting. So. <laughs> we
1: love hosting people. So you guys, you, you, <laughs> I know you guys are craving human yes. humans right now. Like we're together all the time. We need other people. Around around us please yeah. <laughs> honestly we love sharing our home and just our space with people
0: so anytime there's an opportunity for people to come over we're like please stay with us
1: yeah. <laughs> well that's good to hear because usually it's the opposite it's like don't bother us we don't want to be yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> true that's so true Aww. so what are you both working on today that's really exciting for you? Let's see.
0: Today I'm working on a post for clients and it was a really fun trip in Oregon. So I'm excited because Bertie's finishing the photos and I'm finishing the writing. And my favorite part is being able to combine the two. So once I finish my blog post and he edits the photos, we get to kind of create the post
1: together. Mm -hmm. So we're doing that today.
2: Yep. What Emily said.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys have any last minute thoughts that you would like to share with any of us? Like any life changing thoughts you've had in the recent months that really helped you out that you Hmm. can share with us?
2: I, okay. Can I say something? Okay. I think it's in this industry, in this world, it's so easy to care about what people think of you. So when I, about a year and a half ago when I felt like I need to care less about that, where I just believe in myself and I don't care about what my peers think of me or like, uh, you know, followers or whatever you want to call them. And uh, like, or other people, I just, I became more free in creating my work. So I think it's important for people to have like really expressive and free thoughts of, how they should create their photographs, writing, anything they want to do in life is to care less about what people think of you in the sense that like, so you can be more creative and free in, in anything you do. Yep. That really changed how I see everything. So
1: what about you, Emily? I was just
0: thinking about this as you were talking, Bertie. <laughs> I think that a, a lot of married couples working together get a bad rap. And while it does have its challenges, I think it's really rewarding, actually. So Mm. I guess my thought is it is possible to work with your spouse successfully. It takes a lot of communication and maybe a little bit more boundaries when it comes to like separating work and personal life, but it's possible and it's kind of fun too. I don't think I'd want to work with anybody else. So I'm thankful for that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, you guys have made it work. So that shows you can actually do this as long as you don't kill each other at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So if our listeners want to know more about you guys, where can they find you? Sure. Um, we've got a lot of things online, but you
0: can find our blog at themandagees.com. And we have our Instagram account, The Mandagees, But we also have our personal accounts at Bertie Mandagee
1: and at emily mandy so
2: yeah
1: <laughs> you just type in mandy on google something will show up <laughs> perfect thank you guys so much for joining me today i'm so happy that we were able to speak <laughs> yeah yeah thanks for having us thank on. you for having us debbie i hope you enjoyed this interview with emily and Bertie. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview with Emily and Bertie where they share how to create an effective working environment as a couple. Hey, Offbeat family, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast. Suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, or maybe you just want to be friends. Why don't you chat some more on Facebook at the OB Life, or send me a message at hello at TheOffBeatLife.com. I can't wait to hear from you.